final frontier. These are the voyages of the Watching Worst Film Podcast. Our mission to go boldly where no one has gone before and explore all the Golden Raspberry winners. I'm your captain, Kyle Shemansky, joined as ever by my first officer, Jericho Reed. Pleased to be here. Thank you, Captain. <laughs> exactly. And we are back to 1989. Um, mm-hmm. A glorious time. Very good time for films in general. Packed summer, which this film was released in. And we are covering, of course, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. As always, before we get into anything, let's cover our our little introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your experience? I, I love Star Trek. I love The Force. I love Obi-Wan. <laughs> I love all those guys, the Gungans. No, I've only seen the J.J. Abrams films. This is my first Star Trek film, really. Yes. My dad was really into Star Trek growing up. Your dad's a good man. And I think he desperately tried to get me into it. He had, like, toys. He had... I think he, he kind of got me, like... Like, there's pictures of me sitting in, like, a chair of, like, the Enterprise, like, in at an exhibition in Edinburgh when I was, like, a kid. He got me Geordie LaForge glasses. <laughs> I got a little communicator badge yeah. from Pizza Hut. There's lots of photos of me in Star Trek paraphernalia as my dad desperately tries to get me into it. And I'm like, hang on, wait. Why would you switch phasers to kill? <laughs> Shouldn't blasters kill by default? Why aren't limbs getting chopped off? Um, where's the violence where, yeah where's the exactly. violence so I just I, it never really did it for me it was a little too intellectual a little yeah. too cerebral a little too pacifist for okay, me okay, I want okay. my violence I want my samurai monks yeah so I went into this obviously I've seen Futurama I yes. know the dynamics. you know the dynamics you know the parodies you know the yeah. the chemistry you know this film as well because the Futurama episode we're talking about heavily parodies this yeah. particular film yeah. I do think, I said this while we were watching it, I think it's interesting that you're not a Star Trek man. Yeah. Um, I am because I'm the one that likes the stupid, I'm the Seagal fan, I'm the Van Damme fan. I'm the fucking loser. You like, you should be. You, know, you like, you know, you're the Bring Woody Allen pages man. of lore. You, yeah, you're the intellectual here. <laughs> no, Just no, give me, no. give me fireworks. It um, is interesting though, yeah, it's a little, it's, it's a, a strange, little contrarian. It is, yeah, we switched like for this, yeah. So yeah, like for the record, I am a massive Star, uh, no, I'm not, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a level two Trekkie, I would say. I, I classify myself as quite a quite a dedicated fan, but not not teetering over into obsessive Trekkie. No, um, no. I grew up on the first seven films in particular. That's okay. that's all the Shatner ones, including the first Next Generation film. Yeah. Uh, Generations. I had them all on video. Loved them. I never seen any of the TV shows though. Yeah. So this was my. I was movies first. Yeah. And then Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, uh-huh. everything else other than that, I'm not super keen on. And yeah. Those three shows and the original movies are are they're my jam. Yeah. Next Gen movies not so keen on the original show. Controversially enough, I'm not super keen on. I appreciate it, but it's really dated in my opinion. That it's hard for me that to go stuff back. About interracial kisses. It, it, that's, yeah, that, little, that's fine. I mean, like, I, I, I I don't agree with that. Um, I just think it's. I mean, it's like I don't like the original season, first two seasons of Next Generation, where it kind of carbon copies the original show, mm. and it is just a bit out of date. Um, I I much prefer moving on and I love the movies I I, I adore the movies so in preparation for this I watched 1, 2, 3, 4, 6 and 7 wow Um, (laughs) which is the most work I've done I've seen them all countless times but I wanted to because I haven't seen 5 in probably a decade I wanted to kind of like 
remember, remind myself what how I felt about the other one. This ones. is your Will Graham going to see Hannibal Lecter yes. to get into the headspace <laughs> yes. of like, okay, let's immerse um, myself in this world. And so I won't, I won't, go, I won't rattle on about the other ones too much. But I can kind of, I can kind of. Welcome to Kurtzman Cast, <laughs> in which we discuss the uh, life and times of writer Alex Kurtzman. Uh, oh God, Kurtzman's banned. Um, and we're not going to talk anything beyond. We're not. Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna keep it for when Shatner's there. I think that's a nice when Shatner yeah. goes. We don't discuss any further. Yeah. yeah. And so that's up to that's why I went to Star Trek Seven, which isn't an original series cast. It has just Shatner really, and oh, Scotty's okay. in it yeah. for a flash. I yeah. think. Uh, yeah. No, he is in it. Uh, Chekhov's in it for. Chekhov and Scotty are in it for the intro, and then it's Shatner appears later. We get Shatner, we get Kirk and Picard. That's like the selling point in the view. We get Malcolm McDowell, so of course I'm there. Um, <laughs> I just like to pause for a second. I know there's going to be stuff in between, but what other podcast can you come to for an in-depth discussion of Andrew Jackson and Hillary Clinton <laughs> one week, and then the next week we're just spiraling off with Shatner. Okay, Scotty makes an appearance yeah, in this one. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Calm down. Um, I get very excited about it. So um, yeah, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to just engage it as well, but I wanted to remind myself. I wanted to see if my thoughts had changed over, you know, Have from it? Well, no. Um, <laughs> every, everything I've watched, I, some of it, I have to remember nostalgia. And this film in particular is a little bit clouded by nostalgia for me. Mm. This wasn't my least favorite as a kid, and it's still not my least favorite now. So yeah. not, none of my rankings and thoughts have really changed, yeah. which is surprising because I thought they would. Yeah. So before we go any further... Let's just get it out of the way. The budget on this film. Um, okay. I have it here. And I'm going to go into this before we even talk about the film. But the budget yeah. is only $33 million. I was going to guess 30 Okay. I was going to guess. Because I was like, TV, they'd be used to doing it on yeah. something of a limited... So how much? Did oh, this... I wait. I should have looked up what the other ones made. Um, well, again, for let's let's contextualize it with this is the summer of '89. Yeah. So it is up against some big movies. Yeah. Um, let's say this made forty million. Sixty-three million. Okay. So decent. 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 Yeah. Um, disappointing because yeah, it's it's the film that nearly killed the franchise. Yeah. I think critically. And commercially, it just underwhelmed in so many ways. Before we even get into the film, one thing that made me really defensive about this, watching it back, is knowing about the troubled production. Oh, really? Um, okay. Budgets were slashed. Yeah. Um, it was rewritten. It was done during the writer's strike of 89. Oh, interesting. Um, so it seems a little can, patchy, yeah, I think you can. I think <laughs> you can tell that. So from what Shatner's story, Shatner, from what I know, only did the God aspect. <laughs> that's what he was obsessed with is finding the god so that story part is him yeah which is the first film the motion picture kind of recycled because that's V'ger that's finding a god essentially yeah so a lot of it's recycled I get that um, I think his idea of the fake prophet of Cyborg was god this is a very hearing you explain it yeah. like this is a very Kyle film I, like, I, I, yeah see his, his religious imagery is shining and there's through. a space Manson family <laughs> <laughs> it's great um, so I think that's all the shotners a lot of the the meat and potatoes of the film had yeah, to be rewritten yeah. and shuffled about a lot got cut um, yeah. a lot of the finale got rushed yeah. the special effects are rushed yeah. I think watching back all of them this does look the worst. The cheapest. Um, I don't think it looks bad. It doesn't. I don't think it looks bad. No. I don't think it looks bad at all. But it looks a, a little bit for 89 as well. Um, it it yeah. looks like it's regressed a little bit. And then, you know, like the Star Trek films, apart from the first one, really do suffer from budgetary problems. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan's beloved, but it's 
it's almost like a bottle episode yeah they keep everything tight star trek 4 they go back into the 80s to save money you know (laughs) (laughs) we can just film in san francisco six my six is my favorite for the record but it's you know reuses a lot of sets from next generation and we'll get around it with things we've already made and reusing shots as well like some space shots so like you know they've always been troubled by production but on top of yeah the writer strike kicking in budgetary cuts yeah. a rush release as well for summer yeah like it was pushed six months forward so like uh, there's a lot of things against shatner and this like <laughs> the, he is up against it at first do you know about his career was this his first directorial I believe effort it was did he do anything I, ever after i don't know if he did i'm not yeah. i'm not a massive shatner holic yeah i know he did this because nimoy did the last two yeah and there was a show him how it's done it's a contract thing you know like if oh okay if nimoy gets to do one i get to do one nimoy got to do two i will come back nimoy gets a toy i get yes yes this (laughs) is one of those you know like we know that from football contracts you know what they're like (laughs) so this was this was his favor like he wants to do one he'll get to do one yeah and it's mixed results so but yeah that's that's kind of what i like to talk about is the background to this film like if you're going in blind you don't know that and you can just judge it as a film but like i do have a lot of sympathy because you know it's troubled yeah and it does show but i still really like it so let's get into this and um you're the one that's got the notes i'm just gonna i don't have many notes i've got them all up here buddy like first note taika gore i felt like i was watching thor love and thunder because this starts off have you seen that no i haven't okay it starts the same as this okay a bald guy wandering through the desert looking for god yeah you know christian bale plays gore the god butcher i do know he's like the the bald guy who is pissed off at god okay like, it's very similar, starting with an arid wasteland and a bald alien mm-hmm. and involving gods. So I was like, uh, Mr. Waititi, lawsuit is incoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you want to talk us through what's actually going on in that scene? There's a bald guy, and then he comes across a prophet-type figure, well, that's a guy it. in there, robes. It's a very, and I like it, it's like a, a wraith coming in. It's yeah, like ominous. Yeah, like a, yeah. Um, and he's, you know, horseback skewered face and he grabs his gun and he drops yeah. all these stone bullets as well which is great because that's showing us that this is a non-technologically advanced place this is a ruined this apocalypse. is nimbus this is, three yeah. isn't it? <laughs> in the neutral end. zone it's the, the, the peace planet um <laughs> which is great so it's wonderful because you must smoke peace pipe <laughs> do it peacefully or we'll kill you <laughs> This is going to be featured on that episode, isn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the prophet or the strange cloaked man dismounts and approaches and pacifies the man as well, which yeah. is lovely. And he yeah. takes his pain, which is like, which is, which is a wonder. I mean, I think it's, I'm going to be on, I think it's a terrible opening to a Star Trek film because then it is, he takes the pain, he makes him join his mission. Yeah. You know, follow me. He's like, have you heard the Beatles record, Helter Skelter? Helter Skelter. <laughs> Would you like to join my family? <laughs> he, he does, you know, he has a bit of a Manson touch to him anyway. Yeah. He also reveals that he's Vulcan, or Elf, as you would say. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't. I mean, like Vulcans that. grow he, beards? I just, I'm interested. I'm trying to engage with your thing. You like, yeah, I mean, I think it's for losers, but I'm interested. I'm, um, <laughs> yeah, like... Because so he that, takes his hood down, and... He shows his pointy ears, yes. and the guy's like, oh my god, you've got pointy ears, yeah. and his eyebrows, and then he laughs, and that's like a big deal. And that you, is because you, he's a Vulcan, yeah. like, He's a laughing Vulcan! <laughs> he's a laughing Vulcan, Jericho! And I was like, yeah, sure, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Boom, credits. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, have you got next. I mean, you pointed out as well that during the credits and the opening, uh, you were very happy to see the and part of the casting yeah. goes to a certain. Oh my! <laughs> um, George Takei gets the and, which get the and. is yeah, good, good on his agent. Because I don't know, I was asking, I was like, I was like, does he? Like, what was he, we were trying to work out what was he do, doing in 1989 yeah. to earn this and. I was like, well, it's maybe not so much him earning it, it's just no one else was really doing anything. The, I um, mean, there is that, I don't I don't know, this is my assumption, I actually don't know if this is true. I I think that's his clause, his contract is, I mean, he's not going to direct one, like obviously, yeah. but I'm only going to do it, I'm only going to be in Shatner's film if you give me the and, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like there's got to be some negotiating there. Like this is a because like the spoilers going on. The other than the main three of the original crew, everyone else is really unnecessary in this film. Chekhov gets a little bit. Chekhov but gets yeah, the most. Everyone yeah. else Chekhov is just sidelines. Sidelines. Side spare heart. bits yeah. sitting on the. I've already coached. Suck me in. Which is which is a problem coming off Star Trek Four. Yeah. Where everyone gets parts and little subplots and little things that are oh, fun. That would be nice. Um, yeah, everyone does something in yeah. Star Trek Four. And Imagine that. Even in Star Trek Six, it pulls them back together a lot more. It doesn't just focus on the main three. Yeah. But but Shatner knows that the main three are what drives the original show. They they are spare parts in the original show. So yeah. like, it, I'm not yeah. gonna complain. I'm not I'm not here for Sulu. I'm not really here for Chekhov. And I'm a Chekhov fan. I don't I don't I'm not here for Scotty. Yeah. I am here for the main three. If they're not here, I'm not here to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, you got the arm. So well done, George. Well done. <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith composed this. Yes. Do you want to reveal your Roddenberry fact? Because um, so I asked, I was like, oh, did Jerry Goldsmith do the original? series and right? i was like no because i know he comes in on the motion picture yeah and the score the famous now famous star trek theme i think this is probably more synonymous with star trek than the original yeah i um, was because i guess my background i own all these films like i bought them i bought the first series and i bought all the films in a box set from asda at a time when i clearly had more money because <laughs> i was like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get in star trek i'll be a star trek guy <laughs> And then I watched a couple episodes of the first series. Which is rough. like, this is not for me. Yeah, Next Gen season one is rough. Like, I, I, no, no, the original. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. They're, I yeah. mean, they're not for me either. Um, yeah. The day thing. But yeah, the theme song. So yeah, I was a little surprised when I watched it. And I was like, where's the where's the theme? Yeah, yeah. It's this, I don't want this. <laughs> I, I, want, I want the, the sort of epic. Yeah. yeah. So let's, I know, I know this is Jerry Goldsmith did it for the motion picture. Yeah. And then it gets recycled for Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. And obviously it becomes a huge success. So it's in the eighties you have both next generation and the movies using it. Yeah. So it's it is the Star Trek theme. Yeah. So I knew he didn't do the original show. I looked up by some guy, Mr. Courage or something whose name is. But my Roddenberry fact, which I, I thought is delightful, was that Roddenberry <laughs> wrote lyrics to the original theme. Um, <laughs> despite into never intending to use them, knowing it'll never be sung, just so he could claim fifty percent of the songwriting credit. And get the royalties, which, which is, is a spectacular dick. Man. Well, I said it's the most un-Star Trek thing ever. You know, like, it's, <laughs> that's not very Star Trek of you, Mister Roddenberry. Um, I don't, I don't think Kirk would approve of this. We uh, need to look up these lyrics and just see. What it's going it, to remind me of the you know the Bill Murray um, sketch when he's singing the Star Wars theme. Oh yeah, Star yeah. Wars, nothing <laughs> but Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe the closing credits we'll record we will uh, <laughs> a roll roll your boat or the star trek pull theme. the guitar out and, <laughs> and record the lyrics so my next note is the cantina 
because yeah. you you said like hey hey jargon is and this was just frustrating because yeah it was a little like it was a little star warsy and that similarity ended up being frustrating because i was like what would i give for some muppets or for alec Guinness to be here pulling out his lightsaber and just <laughs> chopping limbs off or even some jizz like it's it's just like it's soulless like there's no there's no vibe in the place there, the vibe was off and i want some music the mu- the, right so that is one of my notes like i cover it now is the music is lacking in this yeah there's this is exactly what you're saying in a cantina theme there should be music yeah. um there should be more bombastic music with yeah, the space what's the battles. culture like on yeah, this planet? E- yeah, there's so little music. Yeah, um, it's quite a quiet film, and like, yeah, um, that is a big criticism I have of it. I I think Goldsmith obviously does the theme. And yeah, I think he did some parts, but I don't think he's recording a soundtrack for this film. Almost like William Shatner isn't a born director uh, and yeah. isn't thinking about fleshing yeah. out this world and making <laughs> because he, he comes from TV as well. Like yeah. he does approach it like a TV, and that's something we'll talk about more of his direction. But, yeah, um, it's very workmanlike. Very workmanlike. Kind of... There's a lot of close shoulder to shoulder framing. Yeah. yeah, like we are watching it on a thirteen inch. TV back in nineteen sixty. Yeah, it is. My next note: Klingons. I didn't know. I didn't know William Shatner ever met a Klingon. Yeah. I thought these might have been for the next generation, which got me excited. But yeah. you informed me that they were in fact um, Klingons are original. There from the beginning, they are original. The yeah. Klingons you know, the Wharf, the yeah. classic one, come come from both the next gen and the movies. Christopher Lloyd is Klingon up in Star Trek 3 okay. Search for Spock wow. and really good performance I don't, yeah. I don't like Star Trek 3 it's my least favourite but Lloyd's good in it and he's a great Klingon but in the original show it's pretty much just blackface it's a bit like a Fu Manchu bit of brown makeup on and bada bing bada boom you're, yeah. a, you're an alien um, <laughs> <laughs> but like that is the original show with sticky elf ears on you you're boom you're an alien you know we'll, you have a spot on your head you're an alien so yeah the Klingons and the bird of prey and everything it's you know they're iconic and it's it's nice to see them. I like the mixing of these like next gen and original show kind yeah. of feel to it. Yeah, Klingons are here. Uh, next note, David Thewlis. Yes. I perked up a little bit because there's a guy who's a bit like David Thewlis. Yes. <laughs> He's so not what, really relevant to the plot. No, well, no. So because again, we'll, I'll fire through this plot. We don't need to go scene by scene. Yeah. On on the on Nimbus three, there's three leaders. I, I assume they're leaders. I can't even remember. One of them's David Thewlis, one's a, a lady, and one's a Klingon. David Thewlis, old David Thewlis, I don't know, he's great. He is actually a cut yeah. above as well. I think it's because the lady he's next to isn't very good. No. So he kind of shines higher. And the Klingon's great as well, the Klingon old warlord. I um, can't remember his name, Ka- Kagal or something. Um, so I'm tripping up on my tracky lore. He's Why been... not write in? Why not email the podcast? <laughs> oh, I don't no, know no, if there no. are Star Trek fans no. out there, but if there are, then maybe... Do not to... challenge me on my... <laughs> there's like, yeah, you know, there's 14 movies and 10,000 hours of TV. Um, I'm only human. Um, but he, no, he's good as well, though. Like, everyone else is good at this time. So the three leaders are... Well, they're attacked by Cybok, the false prophet, and held captive. So that's kind of like the motivation for the film that's what yeah. was going to go wrong this false prophet's taken over paradise eh? um <laughs> where the grass is green paradise lost as well though like <laughs> yeah you said, yeah you know like, yeah yeah that's great there's um and i like this i uh, this is something i remembered so like a lot of what i remembered vividly as a kid i'm surprised stuck like is still there true yeah like i remember this i remember this different than tatooine even though they look the same 
I remember that cantina. I remember the set, the Mad Max look of it. Yeah. I remember the M3. I, I remember all this. I remember their meeting room at the start, you know, yeah, when yeah, we yeah. introduced to them. All very vivid 10 years later, which surprised the shit out of me. So yeah, I, I that's their setup. Cybox here takes over Paradise City mm-hmm. and Distress Call is going to go out because we need someone to come and save it. The reason Cybok is doing this is because he needs a starship to get off of this backwards, deserted, apocalyptic planet. Next note. Next note. I've always known I'll die alone. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right, so, like, so we introduced we, our trio. We, we are in our trio. They're assuming California or, you, you know, your American and geography. Is it El Capitan? They're climbing. Yeah, they're climbing a mountain range in California. Yeah. It's um, Star Trek. Going yeah. To California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is their first introduction of the first. Day. It starts with Forrest Kelly as Bones. Yeah. Uh, talking to himself. Looking yeah. at binoculars. I, I love Bones. I love yeah. DeForest Kelly. He's sleepy in this film. It's like I think yeah. that's a generous thing. He, he gives better in six, and he's great eight and four. But there is a little bit of reluctance, I think, from him of the main. He's thing. not given much to do. To be he honest. isn't. He hasn't no. done much. Uh, his, he's probably the most imbalanced of the three. Which yeah. Which is again, there's that lovely dynamic between the three of them, and yeah. it's this. Eh, but he's still he's still wonderful, and he's he's still my highlight because. He's cantankerous and he's grumpy. Yeah, he's he's yeah. still fun. He's, he's better than the Abrams world. I, this is how I want my bones to be. Yeah, is yeah. borderline racist and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> A drunk. Um, so that's fun. And we see well, action shot of Shatner. Yeah. Shatner's body double, mm-hmm. um, should I say. Climbing a mountain, um, because it is it's great because it shows you from behind. It's like a long, long shot, and then he's doing his Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible is. too. Yeah, it, it is, and then he cuts up closer, and then you can you see the strain. And the, like you said it right away, this is not the physical <laughs> attributes that a mountain climber needs. Um, yeah, he doesn't have the mountaineering physique quite. It's a little, it's a little Adam West and Burt Ward yes. walking up the side of a building. <laughs> um, I I think Shatner looks fine in this film. By the yeah. way. I think this is the one that does start targeting his obvious girdles, which are obvious at times. Mm-hmm. Like, there is obvious toupees, there's obvious plastic surgery or heavy makeup on the face, but yeah. but he looks fine. Yeah. Shatner never aged badly, even to this day. No. Like, it's, he doesn't look 90. No, he sure. doesn't at all. Whereas DeForest Kelly isn't that old, I don't think, at this time, but he looks yeah. weathered and rough. And Nimoy looks old. in the bottle. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but Nimoy, look, I mean, it's a smoker thing as well. I wondered, because, yeah, Nimoy does look... He, he looks old he in looks this, old. in a way that, like, Shatner yeah. looks like a good two decades. Yeah, he is plastered in makeup, Nimoy. Yeah. Um, there's covering, because he's, he's heavy wrinkled at this time. And yeah, and I wondered, I was like, was Nimoy just... was Is Nimoy actually that much older than them? Because I was like... I don't think so. I, I mean, was like, again, he... Because he, he died, like, what, like, a decade ago? After the first Abrams film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so it's like, he he can't have been, like, 110. I was like, he no, must yeah. be roughly the same age as Shatner, but yeah. he looks a lot older he than him. He looks significantly this. older, yeah. and it's covered up. Um, so anyway, Shatner's climbing the mountain, mm-hmm. and Spock flies in on hover boots, which I love. I love this. This is another yeah. bit that's stuck in my head. This is, this is the levity of Star Trek I like, where it's, you know... Kind of tongue in cheek. We're having we're having fun, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. We're all having a blast. Um, hanging out with our old pals. I'm hanging out with my Bones, old pals. Kirk and Spook <laughs> and Welshie. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, that's that's it. They are they're on shore leave. Yeah. And uh, Uhura and uh, Chekhov. No, Uhura and Scotty yeah. are 
Falcon Enterprise. Falcon Enterprise. It's getting repaired. It's a new Enterprise. Yeah. After Star Trek Four, this carries on. You didn't see Star Trek Four, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. (laughs) Again, a new Enterprise. It's getting refitted. Good for you. It's getting relaunched. So Scott is obviously there to get it in working order. Yeah. He gets three weeks. That's something in the line. He said he only needed two, so a lying bastard do we want to chalk scotty as we've been doing our our scott count for the razzies uh, of billy conway the I guy mean, from emoji movie so the guy from bolero we were Are very, we counting scotty i'm i mean he's canadian so he's an honorary scott i guess so you, yeah. you know this from your canadian travels um, <laughs> i don't credit that i that. i don't like canadians with scottish heritage that put on a scottish accent it annoys me yeah i know other ones you don't do. like uh, you don't like mike myers <laughs> well yes exactly <laughs> um I, not a fan it of is very character myers. of fat bastard um i have a fact for you though yeah um, which we can we, we're close to getting one for this film okay so spoilers going ahead but the planet cyborg is trying to reach is shakari uh-huh. which was an homage to sean connery and um, oh. because shatner originally wanted sean connery to be cyborg Wow. Which would have been perfect in 89. But yeah, yeah. Connery was off doing Indy 3. Oh, uh, nice. So nice. That, that's, that's how it all ties oh, in together. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were close to getting Connery in this film. So the thing I always rip on is I like the two Abrams ones. I don't like. Is it Justin Lin that did yeah. Beyond? I thought Beyond sucked. Not least because there was the ghoulish thing of Simon Pegg wrote it and Anton Yelchin died like at the end of production and Simon Pegg used his death to be like, I think we can all agree Anton, Anton's last wish would have been for everyone to go and see my movie. Mm-hmm. But the thing I always like shitting on is they're like, yeah, we're really inspired by Jennifer Lawrence for this character. Mm-hmm. And we decided to call her J-La. But clearly that has Star Trek heritage, it does, I guess. Yeah, it does. Like, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of like winks and nods to real people. Yeah. Um, Roddenberry, I'm sure he's got so much little winks and nods. Uh, all the other producers, like Berman, Rick Berman and stuff in the 90s, yeah. they all get shoehorned in. Into, so, okay. yeah, so it is a, it is a time ordering tradition. Interesting. Um, uh, just, just on that topic, I, I, I've only seen the first J.J. Abrams film once in the cinema. Same. And I liked it. Yeah. Because um, it was a fresh new thing at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I didn't mind it. I hate Into Darkness. You know how much I hate Into Darkness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I despise it. And I think that's why I don't mind Beyond as much, because I hate Into Darkness so yeah. fucking much. I think Into Darkness is a miserable time. Yeah. I don't like Star Trek to be miserable. Yeah. Um, and Beyond was a little bit, you know, uh, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm not really a fan of New Trek. Anything post-Enterprise. I, I've watched. I watched some Discovery. I've watched the Picard. You watched the cartoon? I have not watched this in a cartoon. I, <laughs> I am. I mean, there's too much. There's strange, brave new worlds. There's strange yeah, new worlds. There's so much. There's, um, there's so much, and kind of like Star Wars, it's just too much. Yeah. Uh, if you just gave me, I, I think there was too much back here. Probably yeah. overloaded in the nineties with movies, three shows, everything. Yeah. But they're all these spaced. You know, one finishes, another begins. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're at least different. There's too much just now, and I can't, and I don't want to. Um, yeah. I have ten thousand hours worth to go back to. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, new Star Trek, new Enterprise is being built. Shore leaves interrupted because there's a distress call. Yeah. Uh, the Admiral wants, he wants James Kirk to do mm-hmm. it. You know, there's only one man for the job. Yeah. Uh, everyone else can go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you back in the trap. So they get recalled. Um, yeah. Chekhov and Sulu's little romantic adventures in the woods together gets 
turned off. I mean, they try and Sue cover is up. wearing a robe. Yeah. <laughs> Chekhov really doesn't want to go back. He's wearing, wearing the snow. Shh, shh, you know? So it's, close, you know? It's a little bit like, I've had it. I can't take going out this mountain with you anymore. I need more, Mr. Sulu. I wish I could quit you. I wish I could quit you, Mr. Sulu. Yeah, so apologies for that descent into homophobia. Is that homophobia? <laughs> that was not homophobia. Not for us to judge. That is not uh, homophobia. Brokeback Man is one of my favorite movies. It's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so my next note, subtitles. We get the Klingons and they were speaking. And I turned to you and I said, are there meant to be subtitles here? And you said, no, 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 no. And then it goes on for about five minutes worth of dialogue. And we've spoken on the past episode about how both of us have done this. Yeah. I watched Dances with Wolves without subtitles. Yeah. Now, this is intentional. This is intentional. We're meant to mirror Kevin Costner as he's learning the language. Yeah. We're only meant to know Tanka. It's fine. And your one was the Godfather. Yes, it's, it's expressions, it's artistic, <laughs> yeah. world around it. You know, yeah. Actually, I know what's going on. Yeah. And still, was uh, yeah, there probably was subtitles missing. I didn't have it on the subtitle file. That's I, fine. I, you understood I, it. Good I storytelling this film, for Mr. Shatner. But I own this film. Okay. So I didn't quite... I have it on DVD, so legally, this is not an illegal copy. It got pulled off Amazon, so yeah. I couldn't just stream it anymore. Bezos, Bezos, the enemy. The enemy. He'll make shows, but he won't show me the shows. You he'll know? make shows, he'll go to space, but he doesn't want us to get there. He doesn't want the common man to be uh, able to watch stories that will broaden their horizons and expand yeah. their minds. But yeah, you still get the gist of what's going on. They're wanting to attack yeah. the Enterprise and they're wanting to be bad. So yeah. I'm okay with that. Okay, my next note is not well directed because like this is when they're going up in an elevator and the camera is just in the elevator and they all have their backs to it. Yeah. Like the blocking in this film is piss poor. We spend so much time looking at the backs of people's heads or like the sides of their the sides of their head. And not in profile in yeah. an engaging way, just kinda like it's just like it it's a bit Kevin Smith syndrome of it's like, you know you can move the camera, yeah. right? Like you know if it's not an ideal place, just Move it, William. Yeah. Or maybe even turn the actors a little bit so they're sort of cheated towards camp. It's just, it's not well staged. It is, it is not. I, I think, I can't defend it. I, yeah. I, I think that, I don't know if it's an experience or just an attitude. Yeah. Um, see, I think Nimoy's direction is really safe in three and four. Mm -hmm. And I love four, but it fits yeah. what it is. Well, I'm not looking to, I'm not looking for a visionary George Lucas direction. And that's where I was like, I imagine he brought this in on time and on budget. But it is, like, it's like TV it direction. Is, it is very like... much the TV direction. And I think that's what's underwhelming because like Nicholas Meyer that does two and six is, is great. Yeah. He's an actual talented director that knows how to get the most out of little. Yeah. Um, Wise that did the first one is, uh, the first one's beautiful. It's boring, but it's beautiful. It's slow and it's yeah. got such big shots and wonderful, wonderful things it does with like in-camera work as well. Yeah. Gorgeous film. One is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, one looks so much better and it's like a decade older. Yeah. That's the strange thing. But yeah, like I can't, den I can't deny that Shatner's direction's poor. Yeah. I think in terms of the filmmaking, like you're saying, his, his blocking's poor. The way he shoots action's very poor. Very poor. Oh yeah, that fight um, scene. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's not even TV. It's just it's just poor. It's slow yeah. and plodding and weird. It's like someone's filmed the first rehearsal stumble through. It's like, um, okay, so I'm going to swing at you here. And I, 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 think, I think the only point I can give him in, in his favour is in the acting direction. But... That's because Nemo and Kelly and him have been. They doing know this their characters for, yeah, inside yeah. out. Yeah, the performances are all good. They're all. Fine. And like, it's not. 
it's not notably like there's no laugh out loud bad no 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 it's just like a you could get away if this was season if this was episode 17 of like 100 seasons yeah like it's just TV direction it of like we're moving quick and we need to get to the finish line. Yeah. But again, going into the production, big moments, of the incidental stuff it has to matter. be done that way. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, I'm not going to say if Shatner had all the time and all the money, it yeah. would have been great. It's Citizen Kane. It would, but like he, he is up against it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you have to give him some like leeway there. It is just get it done. Yeah. And um, that would suck to be handed the reins and then. Yeah thrown against it um yeah. so yeah it, but it isn't great i don't think it's bad no it's just there is a little bit of i could say an experience is what i'm going to say and, and he's an actor he's like starring and uh, starring and directing i know from experience <laughs> not, <laughs> not easy so yeah no i'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt like it's yeah yeah mm-hmm. for your first feature whatever so we're leaping ahead it's okay because my note is when they find what's the guy Shaka Reed? No, Cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. Um, so they bump into him, and then they go back to the Enterprise. Right. So, him. so okay. I'll, I'll I'll speed us up. Basically, the plan is that the main the main team are going to go down to Nimbus to try yeah. and infiltrate and rescue the hostages. Yeah. Chekhov is fake as the captain yeah and his job is to keep cyborg busy and distracted and negotiate with them yeah all the rest infiltrate as soon as it started playing i had my pdsd because i forgot about uhura's dance which is <laughs> infamous um she does a seductive feather dance, feather dance which is parodied in future armor yeah yeah so you know it you know it instantly <laughs> yeah. um and then all the tuscan raiders come running over <laughs> Um, because Anakin <laughs> comes in, chops all their heads off. <laughs> they're entranced by this sixty-three-year-old, you know, elderly black woman that's doing a seductive dance. No, 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 no. We're not going to be shaming old women's sexuality uh, no, no, again. No, no, I'm not. Done with the basic instinct. I will do it again. You know, I will we do don't again. know what this plan's like. If if because Uhura Uhura's played for like you know her attractiveness because she's an attractive lady. Yeah. But it's it's almost like playing Shatner is like uh you, you know if you had all the women fawning over him when he walked in and they would <laughs> they would you can't like it's just it's just it's just that green doing, woman from the credits you're doing it too late well it's funny just the disparity with age of like so Shatner looks whatever Leonard Nimoy as we've covered he yep. looks sort of a bit weathered. Um, we pointed out that the two that were left on the ship, Uhura and Scotty, they're, they're both grey. They are very so like, grey, yeah. And then George Takei's got jet black hair. Yes. But it's interesting just to see like Uhura and Scotty Uhura and looking Scotty, their well, age. They, they, I mean, they are, because they are. They yeah, are their age. Yeah, I'm not yeah. having a go at them. No, no, no. Uh, but you've got to acknowledge. It's six, like, let them, six let acknowledges, them retire, yes. for fuck's sake. Six, six acknowledges this more. Like, six is that yeah. finale of I'm too old for this yes, shit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, whereas this kind of pretends that they're all in their prime still. It's obviously the rejuvenation from four and four success. Like, yeah. we're just going to carry on and ignore yeah. not being in our prime. Yeah. But, like, Uhura and Scotty, they, they, and Scotty's looked old for a while now. Like, yeah. Scotty from the original show with his dark hair and his skinny, yeah. svelte, handsome man. And now, he, you know, he's an old fat dude, you know? Like, and I, <laughs> yeah. I love him. He's amazing. Love, love Jimmy Doohan, but. He looks old. Because he is. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's yeah, all right. Um, it's not... just interesting how you've got a crew which at one point were peers and now they just seem radically different. And I don't know if there's a difference between 
being the lead of the show and the money that gives you for toupees and plastic surgery and hair dye and being like a bit part well, of like Scotty probably doesn't have the same wealth as no, William no, Shatner no. I, I just um, he doesn't care like, yeah he's not as vain he's as not as Shatner yeah. whereas you look at I think George is obviously a little bit of work and he's he's, he's I'm not gonna he's careful about his appearance let's just say okay, that he, you know okay. I think I think he I, I think George is just as vain as William and yeah in different ways in different ways sure, yeah. I think they're the same coin with different sides yeah, of it. You know, I, there's, I there's no rights and wrong yeah, um, yeah. there's no good and bad they're both yeah just mirrors of each other yeah and that's probably why they don't like each other as well their egos <laughs> clash um walter koenig uh chekhov is wearing a toupee yeah i think it's quite obvious you can see his real sides of his hair under it occasionally yeah. there's like grays um but he has a boyish face so yeah. you can kind of pull it off um, yeah, yeah. Che- i love chekhov but yeah, yeah you know there is that's the captain toupee yeah that has an in-film <laughs> explanation but there's a, there is that's what i'm saying like, even without any hair some some people embrace it, but they're they're like when you have to cling on to this a little bit, you know. Yeah. I, I always think of like Kiss when they reunited and they were like, guys, oh, yeah. we all had to get liposuction to fit the leather pads. Oh, and I was like, yeah. maybe don't, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. just don't. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> let someone else do it. <laughs> so yeah, like that is that so anyway, they go down, Ahuda does her sexy dance, the shots, yeah. they steal some painted horses that you pointed out, yeah. painted blue. And, and they've got horns they ride into town film instantly because they all notice that they're not the people yeah. who they're pretending to be are instantly captured when they try and release the hostages <laughs> it turns out the hostages are in on it yeah they fall into sight manson yeah they're yeah. In, they're in the manson family now yeah. <laughs> it's been a trap we got you to the ranch you know you're here now <laughs> take us to your ship uh, we want your ship that's where we're at now that's where you've caught up to yeah, so um, there's our little scene where they're climbing up the tunnel, and uh, this was you were out of the you were out of the room at this point, but the, the wheel, the wooden wheel, mm-hmm. is that in Kirk's bed? Where is that? Yeah, his quarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has a plaque because at one point he touches it, and we get the close up <laughs> on to boldly go. Yeah. and I was like, where does where is the origin? Um... Of, I thought that was like the mission of. Boldly I go, thought but... that was like a mission statement. Uh, it fits in. So uh, why is he? Is, is there a story behind the wheel? Why I, is he I got actually... this big wooden wheel with a plaque in yeah, his? Yeah, he, he has a weird room, um, and it's does... a sex thing. Because <laughs> I've heard about this James T. Kirk. Because uh, Picard has you know his weird things as well. I think it's just captains in you know, a navy thing. That's his version of Funko Pops. Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, well but... it's their quarters, a little bit of personality. I I know like... I, I I know that like captains. Are obsessed with the part like navy cap but even to yeah. this day are obsessed with like historical like, yeah. we'll have like the spy glasses yeah yeah we're gonna yeah. have a, a fucking yes yeah. a sextus or whatever the yeah, fuck yeah. they're called um because it's okay it is, a, it. It is a, it. a it is a he's a captain at the yeah, end of the yeah. day yeah fair enough. Um, fair enough he should be an admiral by this point i don't know why he's still a captain but he is Oh, it's he keeps, like Top Gun Maverick. He's like he I does. Wanna, he keeps breaking the rules. Yeah, and I want to be. I don't want to get over promoted. I like being in the thick of it well that's it like because he does steal things and he does go back in time to save the whales and uh, star trek 4 is wonderful Uh, (laughs) yeah okay my my only other two notes are the ending okay okay (laughs) i think so right right there what what to cover cyborg is spock's half brother Um, yeah because i was like they were speaking about like i can't remember what prompted it but uh, one line i was like oh and you're they're like spock do you know this man it's like i'm his I father. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, close. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess Darth Vader yeah. done that. 
And then they reveal, yeah, bang, he's Spock's half-brother. And um, I didn't know you had a brother, Spock. You didn't tell me. He was like, well, I don't have a brother. I have a half-brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I was um, no one ever asked me if I had a half-brother before, so <laughs> I never lied. Yeah, Technically, what I tell you is true. Yeah, technically. From a certain point of view. Um, which is good fun. Again, I, I really like it when it's just the three of them kind of having a bit of like, back and forth in their little jail cell i like i really like them i i love spock spock's my favorite yeah. but i do like the trio yeah because they, like they all have something for each other you yeah know? Like, yeah they're fun they're like, f- let's spend more time with those yeah guys. absolutely um so like i think shatner's right to discard the other ones as well <laughs> <laughs> the rest because you know he knows what the money maker is is those yeah. three and if it wasn't if it was a more balanced cast i don't think it'd be as fun i think it'd be heavier muddled down yeah um be dealing with side plots and things i don't really care about yeah this film's lean it and is. it doesn't need the baggage of oh scotty and chekhov or oh yeah chekhov's fallen in love or you cashier know cashier like, is a check yeah yeah no which other well, other ones are not especially in later films like the next gen I, they struggle too with keeping when it's not just picard and data and yeah. you know Riker and stuff um, yeah. they're trying to shoehorn and is that will wheaton is that is that what he's he, in? he gets uh, he's in nemesis and a camera they get cut okay i he, don't know he I never he never makes wheaton it to from. the he never makes it to the movies he, <laughs> okay. there's a great bit where um so he's caught he's gone by season four i think <laughs> of the show because he's an annoying little shit and he doesn't he misses out in the movies but he did film a cameo for nemesis which oh, is okay. the, which is the tom hardy one oh okay okay that's okay. a 2002 that's he like, gets will we and tom hardy yeah. sharing the screen um so five <laughs> doesn't kill the franchise but 10 does okay. um, and will wheaton came back to film a cameo it's at a wedding it's i think it's riker's wedding yeah and uh they cut it <laughs> so he's not in the film um which i thought was fucking beautiful uh, yeah fuck will eaton you're not invited on where's your rossi <laughs> so yeah basically cyborg wants to take this starship to the center of the galaxy yeah to sean connery mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to this myth- mythical planet where they're gonna they're gonna find something yeah find something mystery mysterious yeah especially because he's you know full prophet regalia as well yeah. which is great you know you know where it's going you know yeah, everything's yeah. gonna happen you know, they have to get through the barrier. Um, yeah. They have to get there. And yeah. there, there isn't much. There's a nice little pieces of them escaping prison mm-hmm. where they're getting blown up uh, through the wall with the terrible effects. <laughs> there is fun little things, um, but we we move swiftly towards the end. Yep. So Shooting on. I did look at the time to let my dog out as well. And yeah. I was like, shit, 14 minutes left or something yeah. at the point. And I was like, we. I forgot how quick and easy this film is. It's two yeah. hours, but yeah. it does not feel like two no, hours. It doesn't feel like no. And we have watched, you know, even Hillary's We're at America. warp speed, is that what they yeah. do? Not traveling through hyperspace. <laughs> We're flying through. Yeah, no, it's great. So what's your last notes then? So, well, they're the, like, they're the final lines of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So we get, okay, we get there. We get to, we get to God, which is, which is a cool effect I like. I like the big swirling blue light, light and stuff. Some of it's cheap, but it's, some of it's quite crafty. Obviously redesigned on the fly. We've slashed your budget. They speak to God. God changes his face yeah. a lot. And then he lights up when they talk about how did he get through the barrier and became yeah. on a starship. Oh, fuck, what's a starship, eh? Yeah. Can I get one of those? I, I, want, I want a starship. And then this is where Kirk... The immortal light. Little finger waves his finger. Excuse me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to ask you. Um, if you're a god... 
why do you need a starship? What does God need with a starship? <laughs> Just one question. You know? <laughs> and they're like, oh, fucking calm down, Kirk. No, 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 no. One question. And one. God zaps him Zap for that insolence. Fucking nuts, eh? Yeah. And that makes Spock pipe up and go, oh, actually, no, it's a fair yeah, point. Yeah, I like point. that. Solidarity. Uh, Spock's yeah. your bro. He's got your back. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah. Fair point. I, um, too, would like to hear an answer to that. Yeah. And he gets zapped. He gets zapped. And then it's like, McCoy's got a... He's got to take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, I I really like this. I like um, Cyborg getting, confronting him, you know, like, yeah. and turning him, the vision of himself into Cyborg. Yeah. The, the god of many faces. I mean, it is an old Star Trek trope and stuff. Like, this was not new, but I like it. I like how it's done. I think at this point, because he's pretty much done. Yeah. And Cyborg is one of the best, most memorable villains yeah. in the films. Everyone will talk, talk about Khan. Yeah. Like, no one talks about fucking three or four boy Viger or my boy Mark McDowell. Like, <laughs> he is he, one of the things I remembered most about the film. I remembered his name. Like, yeah. I was like, that's Cyborg. That's Spock's half-brother. Yeah. Never comes up again. Doesn't matter. But like, yeah. he's good. I think it's a good performance. Yeah. I think I like I the character. I like the false prophet. It's a compelling, compelling thing of like, ooh, this Vulcan who laughs yeah. once you explain what that meant to me. <laughs> I was like, okay, I see why. I see why. I just think it's cool. I think yeah, I, 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 I like I like him feeling so much. You, this whole thing about feeling pain and yeah, like yeah. empathy. Like he's the empathetic. What the, what the annoying thing is, is that it just deserves more of like the, the, the film and the premise and the character kind of deserves more. Like yeah. it's kind of just raced through. It is. And there's elements that they could have delved into if he's in other films or like if he or I don't know there's just there's potential there which is kind of skated over yes yeah I 100% agree and then oh then the Klingons arrive yeah so um, Deus Ex Klingon like they're the, the, the Klingon gang who've been cutting back to periodically yeah. just well they've been trying they to attack the Enterprise and, yeah and then I, I did walk out so you, I might have got this wrong so please it's been 10 years if I remember correctly They've been trying to attack the Enterprise, but then the general from Tatooine yeah. is convinced by, is it Chekhov? I think it's Chekhov, Chekhov yeah. One of them to, you know, to help. Yeah. There's someone, I can't remember who the fuck it is. Someone convinces the general guy from yeah. the Tatooine to yeah. convince the bird of prey to help. Yeah. It's good. Peace. You know, like, we'll make peace. And it does, and then it gets to destroy God. And then, because again, I walked out, I'm trying to remember this now, without seeing it in 10 years, a cyborg dies. Yeah. Then we're out, really, aren't we? Yeah, so the lines, as necessary, um, necessary to set it up, at the beginning, the fellas, when they're hanging, having their camping trip, hanging out near El Capitan or whatever mm. it is, they're speaking about Kirk's mortality. And he's like, you know, I knew I couldn't fall off the cliff and die. Oh, yeah. Because I always knew I would die alone. And so when they get saved from God, Kirk thanks Spock and he's like, I, th- I thought I was go- going to die. And Spock replies, impossible. You were never alone. And it's just a nice little... It's nice, whatever. isn't it? <laughs> and then Kurt goes to hug him. He's like, please, not in front of the Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I liked it. I like the whole Kirk Because I asked you, I was like, obviously now that like Shatner's had that epiphany of going to space and yeah. confronting his own mortality and he's become like a nihilist <laughs> but I was like oh the idea of him his death has he always been preoccupied with his death in yes. this way um, so I don't it, know it's, it's a no cheer statement it is, I guess it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I mean that, then we're back in 
California. Yeah. Like, rowing our boats. Yeah. On a lyre or lyre or whatever it's pronounced. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Take us out. Take us out. out of there. It's easy. It's a, and it's an easy podcast. You know, we haven't fucking bogged down on <laughs> talking about things. Um, yeah. I think it was, this was... So I'm going to just go ahead and say, because I've hijacked this episode. I, I, I don't love this film. Okay. But I really like it. Yeah. Um, I really, really like it. Yeah. I don't love it because I love the other ones more. I... This is what inspired me to even start this. Yeah. Because when I was young in the school and through IMDb or just Golden Raspberries or something, like looking for bad movies, when I was a, you know, glutton for punishment, and then I seen Star Trek Five One, and I was furious. I was furious because it holds a special place in my heart, and it's still a good little film. Can't call it great. Like I'm not gonna, but this is not a Razzie worthy picture, in any way. No, like none of it. None of it. Not a single thing. It is a bad Star Trek film, but even the best bad Star Trek film is miles above fucking half. You know, like how was it? Like Nightmare on Elm Street Five or some, you know, some caution, some cynical sequel. Yeah, like people or something. care about this clearly. Yeah, there like, is. Yeah, and I, I think it's aged better as well. I, I understand yeah. maybe at the time Fallen Four. You know, I know it's a big disappointment. I know it's not. It isn't muddled. It isn't perfect. And coming off four, which was the rejuvenation of the franchise, yeah, it, it is. It is a misfire. I totally get that. But for what it is, yeah, I really, really like it. So before I hand over to you, I will just, just on the record, state that six, four, two, one, five, three, seven was probably my ranking. <laughs> um, and the last three get a bit like five, three, and seven are my least favorites. They can kind of, they're interchangeable for different reasons. Yeah, but yeah, six, four. Two, one. That's that's the real order for me. And yeah, so what do you think? What's is this a Razzie worthy film? No, no, not in the no. slightest. I just assumed like this is what Star Trek is yeah. to me. I was like, this isn't like this isn't like I, I, it was pleasant enough to watch. Like I'm completely content having seen it, liked some elements. And my like why I didn't love it was probably just because I'm like I'm not a, I'm not a Star Trek guy. Hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match I, for a good blast. But I also so. think like that's such a like, a positive thing on this film is it's the worst one probably, and you still thought it's yeah, fine. No, you like, can jump in. You like could, it makes you sense. Could, you could like, watch, I was engaged. You could yeah. watch six four two one. Yeah, and the bar's set lower now. Yeah, so yeah. like you will see, the, you know, seeing the word, you know, it's starting it like yeah. The magical mystery tour EP or something. And that's the only thing I've ever heard <laughs> by the Beatles. Um, so I'm, I'm only way is up. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Just you wait till you get to Abbey Road. Yeah, like I, I think that was a, it's a compliment to the film that even, even when the franchise is at the time at its lowest, to someone that's going in first time, it's still pleasant. Yeah. You couldn't do that with Star Wars. Yeah. You can't go in at Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And say this is it. This is. This is where to start, buddy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, this isn't Razzie-worthy in the slightest. Beyond what I said about Shatner's direction not being great, everything else is just completely undeserving of nomination. Yep. And our question, smallest change you can make, how do you fix this? Why doesn't Spock simply use the Force? <laughs> Things could have been resolved a lot earlier. I mean, I, I've, I've covered how, it sh- how it's fixed is just giving it more time. Yeah. Um, give it a bit more money, give it a bit more time. Get a, get a couple of rewrites in there, you know. Yeah. Let maybe have some slacking your girdle and yeah. just breathe a little. <laughs> just, just breathe a have little. a little bit of time. To... Um, you know, and I, I think if I, I understand that Shatner probably wanted to do this completely solo. Yeah. Like maybe if he had an assistant, 
Yeah. Maybe if Nimoy helped out a bit more. Like, <laughs> like, Held his hand. Uh, never. <laughs> <laughs> Not in front of the Klingons. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, I think there, there's there's minimal changes. You could make this so much better. Um, honestly, though, like, even the Sean Connery cyborg wouldn't improve it. No. Um, uh-uh. It would, would arguably it. make it worse. Yeah, like, yeah. you're f- falling into that. Zardos, too. Yeah, like, he, he would have Highlander 2'd it. Yeah, no, what I like about Star Trek is it's kind of its own world and putting in a distracting mega celebrity yes. would just be like, oh, here's Tom Cruise. Yes. Like, I don't want to see Tom Cruise in Star Wars. No, no, I don't, no. No, no just, no. yeah. So, yeah, excellent. So, we, unfortunately, our opinions are not shared by Mr. Razzi, who gave this a bunch of nominations. So, worst actor, William Shatner, winner for Star Trek Five, the Final Frontier as James T. Kirk. No, no. nonsense. No, absolute nonsense. Kirk's yeah, Shatner's good. Yeah, uh, he's yeah, really, he's really good. And I, presumably, this is the same performance he's been giving for decades. Yeah, I mean, it's slightly different, I think, because he's directing himself and he's writing himself a yeah. little bit. Oh, I did ask you, I was like, is he always this whiny? No, he's not. He he's more. See, Kirk's charismatic, and not Zach Brannigan. I think I, I, <laughs> I think I think the modern image of Kirk has been, and the films do blame a little bit to yeah, skew him. They make him in that Star Lord, yeah, yeah, that action. Of, yeah. He's more of the hero um, yeah. than he is in the original show, yeah, and the motion picture. But um, no, like he's good though. Like Shanner's good. Yeah, um, yeah. Shanner's good actor. <laughs> I'm yeah. not, like I'll die on that hill. You're gonna fucking hate this. Worst supporting actor, nomination only, DeForest Kelly in Star Trek Five as Leonard McCoy. Absolutely fucking not. Give it to if you're God, give it to someone. You know, fucking Scotty can take it or something. Um, <laughs> doesn't do it. No, like I say, he is tired and he yeah. is underutilized. But his his grumpiness, I like it when he's older and grumpy, and yeah. I, I think it fits bones perfectly. Yeah. Um, no, that's a big strong. I'm glad he didn't win, but yeah. big strong though. And worst director, it won for William Shatner. So um, two awards for William. Well, yeah, three double dress yeah. a year. For so he's eligible Bill. now. Um, yeah. Come on, I know you don't do podcasts, Bill, but <laughs> this is the one for you. Um, <laughs> come on for you know, come on for cats. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't. We've said it before. I don't think it's like the greatest direction. No. Um, but yeah, no. Nomination idea. perhaps, but I very much doubt win. And then, worst screenplay, it was nominated David Lowry, story by William Shatner, Harv Bennett, and David Lowry, based on a television series created by Gene Roddenberry. Of all the nominations, it's probably the most understandable. Because it just, it feels like it's missing a middle. Yes. It's, it's a writer strike. It's, yeah. you know, we remember, it's my um, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. When you're like, oh, you, yeah. you know exactly that this was done during a writer's strike. Well, I'm just very excited to see what we're going to get in a couple of years' time yeah. out of this card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, but no, it's still not an actual worst screenplay. No. There's still too much interesting stuff in there. Nowhere near it. Nowhere near And so, yeah, that, that, concludes that concludes all us. we have to say, really. So, join us in the second half when we'll be opening... Pandora's box. Do you wanna? Do you wanna give us a? Have you got a good pithy Star Trek link? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Join us in the second half. We'll be covering all of the other nominees and winners for the year of nineteen eighty nine. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Where we'll be covering all of the other nominees and winners. 
So, for worst picture, we have Speed Zone. Speed Zone. Have you seen I Speed Zone? I have not. I haven't heard of it. Should I have heard of it? it sounds like Peter something. Boyle, Melody Anderson, John Candy, uh, Eugene Levy, Brooke An illegal cross-country race. Okay, it sounds like rat race. It sounds like something uh, that Burt Reynolds should uh, be in. Should, where's Burt? <laughs> um, no, I haven't. I, I, sounds good, though. Okay. Uh, Up oh. next, Roadhouse. So I've seen Roadhouse. You've seen Roadhouse, have you? I only watched it for this. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, so you've watched it way more recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What, what's your thoughts on Roadhouse? I thought it was great. It's fucking wonderful, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm i sure I spoke to Isaiah um, yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I love for Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, Roadhouse is great. Um, yeah. Roadhouse should be not... Like, you can fuck off, you Mr. Can Mr. Fuck hard. This is such a bad year. It's such decision. a terrible year. Um, we'll get like, we'll get to it later. Song has my just like you're really just a square. You I have got no I got angry. I actually got fucking angry. Um, yeah, no Roadhouse shouldn't be here. We don't even need to justify a reason because it's just great no, it's fun. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. It's genuinely. It's not even a cult classic. It's great. Yeah. 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 Then we have Lock Up. Which movie? so should be getting covered. I have seen Lock Up. Okay. Because it's your coming song. coming your way shortly will be a a little special involving a certain actor, and so I've watched this in preparation, and I like it. Okay. Okay. I like it. It's good. It's it's maybe one of like like I wasn't I was expecting to hate it, but I'm like this is this is fun. There's like a it's a prison drama with Sylvester Stallone. Okay. And Donald Sutherland is like. He's like a guy in minimum security prison okay. where he gets to work. Like he, he leaves. Like he just it's, it opens with him and his girlfriend just kind of like driving around having a nice day. And he's like, well, see ya. I'm just going back to like prison for the night. And then he goes back and they just grab him and transfer him yeah. to a maximum security prison where Don Sutherland is the hard ass warden. <laughs> he's just like, send him to the cooler boys. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's great. There's like a, there's actually like a really touching scene where like, He's at the maximum security prison oh. and there's this kid, there's this, not kid, there's this guy who's like, who's like, oh, I went to jail so I could never learn how to drive. And Sly pushes him round oh. the garage. Yeah. He's like, come on. Well, we'll look, okay, all right, so I'm going to stop you because we're going to talk about this film. Yeah. But it's not a Razzie film. No, it's no, good. It's good. one of Stallone's better, all right. better films. I'm looking for forward sure. to hearing more about this in our special. Yeah. Then we have The Karate Kid Part 3, Yay. which I know you have seen. Of course I've fucking seen yeah. it. Uh, I like The Karate Kid Part 3. I like it, but I understand why it's bad. Yeah. Ralph Macchio being, like I said, 35 and playing... The Karate Man. Karate, the Karate Man, yeah. The Karate Middle-Aged Man. Um, <laughs> the Martial Man. The Martial I, Arts Man. I, I, I like it a lot. I mean, I think it's more relevant now because of Cobra Kai and has yeah. brought in Terry Silver and people from part three is kind of okay. pulled into the universe and i i remember when i was watching it i was like when they get into part three like yeah, when yeah. they get into part three where's yeah. teddy silver it is the worst of the original trilogy yeah it's still fun it's just a bit of a rehash it's a it's a tired franchise yeah so it's not razzie worthy at all it's good fun and then the next cry kid the next one sorry yeah, yeah the next film the next cry kid is more worthy yeah because it's a lot more just pointless yeah. I'm in a rehash. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I, I like three, but I understand its its place, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's still not here, though. Um, out of those, they all sound really good. Yeah. Um, 
we are missing things. I, I know it's it's more of a worthy winner than Star Trek, but we are going to cover things and go like, where's this? Where's where's that? I think this is maybe his worst year because between Lock Up, Roadhouse, and Star Trek, we've got three genuinely Genuine fun films. Yeah. yeah, and 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 Karate Kid Part Three would be. I understand it, but like, yeah, it, it's should, not, it is not a bad movie. I haven't seen that since I myself was a kid. I watched them all in a in a kind of like one air. Like I yeah. binged them all. And I still, I kind of find it hard to separate the lines. Like, one is obviously just, like, objectively a classic. Yeah. But two and three, I was like... I mean, I love two. I, I like the world. I'm two, just two, happy two going to Japan is great fun. Yeah. Um, two is such a contrast from the first film that it's so memorable. Yeah. Three, going back to the Cobra Kai. Yeah. yeah. I, I it's a little, yeah. I, a little bit. Yeah. But still, I'm still defending. Worst actor... Patrick Swayze in Next of Kin and Roadhouse as Truman Gates and James Dalton, respectively. Um, um, have you seen Next of Kin? I haven't seen kin? Next of Kin. What's Next He's kin? wearing a cowboy hat. Oh, um, with Liam Neeson. American action thriller directed by John Irvin, starring Patrick Swayze and Liam Neeson. Um, screenplay was and based ben on a Stiller. story. Um, ben Stiller in one of his earliest roles. Adam Baldwin. Okay, Truman Gates, a former U.S. airborne ranger, raised in Appalachia, migrates to Chicago to become a police officer. Married to Jesse, who's pregnant, he's mid-transition from hillbilly to respectable lawman. It's got my take my money. Before we got to that bit about a hillbilly, I was like, this could almost be Steven Seagal. <laughs> this, this could be a Steven Seagal film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds good. Uh, but absolutely not for Roadhouse. No. Like, I, so I was speaking to a friend, I, until fairly recently, I had only seen Patrick Swayze in Donnie Darko. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, How? <laughs> well, like, I haven't seen Dirty Dancing. Um, I haven't seen Ghost. Uh, I hadn't seen Roadhouse. Uh, I hadn't seen Point Break as until wait, Point very Break recently. Was my one, yeah. So I watched that like a year ago or whatever. Wow. But yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I see why people like this yeah, guy. Yeah. I see why people were very sad when he passed. Yeah. Because great movies. Yeah. So he's not deserving. Without having seen Next of Kin, he's great in Roadhouse. Yep. That's so fun. Then we have Sylvester Stallone in Lock Up and Tango and Cash as Frank Leon and Ray Tango. Uh, so yeah, I like Tango and Cash. Not that, you know, it's a misfire because it's two of my favourites finally together. Yeah. I used to get Tango and Cash and Turner and Hooch <laughs> I was like, Stallone and the dog. Great. Kurt <laughs> Russell's not a dog. <laughs> uh, canine with Jim Belushi. You know, they're all the same. Yeah, like, uh, I, I like it. It's not Lethal Weapon. Yeah. I think that's always its biggest problem. That it isn't the buddy cop film it should be. Yeah. It should just be two two heroes kicking ass and having fun and trading lines a lot more. Yeah. Um, but I still like I like Stallone in it though, because it's like the atypical Stallone yeah. of eighty nine. Yeah, I it's a big no for me. It's just thrown in here so they can double down on lock up. Yeah. So lock up is genuinely one of my favorite performances from him okay because he's like he's closer to rocky but he has like uh like he this is like when he's actually acting and yeah. there's kind of like like i feel sympathy for him when there are other films where i'd be cackling like ha ha, ha yeah donald sutherland take him away from his <laughs> girlfriend treat him like shit donald smash up his car but i'm like genuinely sympathetic towards him very, very... that's interesting to hear that stallone himself has said that Lock Up was not a film that was produced and performed with enough maturity to really make a significant impact mm. on the audience or my career. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, I'm putting him in Richard E. Grant corner where I'm like, you take that back, yeah, Sylvester. Yeah, yeah. Lock Up is a classic. It's a little cheesy with the music, but like, between us, we're, 
We're maybe striking him from the list this yeah, year. Yeah, that's mm. impressive. It's a, it's, a, it's a bad year for Mr. Rousey, though. Yeah. Like, we're just going through them like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. We then have Ralph Macchio in the Karate Kid Part 3 as Daniel LaRusso. So I covered that. Um, yeah, I don't think it should be here. He is too old. Though. That's it. it. It's yeah. very, very much too old. So, yeah. That was the one for me. It was when I was really getting into Karate Kid. My mum would just kind of like, I'd be watching it in my bedroom. My mum would kind of stick her head and be like, oh, Ralph's looking a bit old. Yeah. You know, he's like 37. I was like, Marjorie, no! He's, not. <laughs> he's a kid. I don't want to hear He does look good for his age. Like, yeah. He stole those. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like fucking 30 years later. But like. College student, Ralph Macchio. He, um, <laughs> he, he is too old to be a karate kid. Yeah, that's yeah. He could be the mentor at this time, or yeah, the villain. Yeah. It could Legacy sequel. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another one. <laughs> then we have Tony Danza, and she's out of control. I don't as know what Doug she is. Simpson. What is she's out of control? Um, An independent coming of age, starring. The film was marketed with the tagline, "She was daddy's little girl." Now she's at that age when girls go wild, guys go crazy, and dads go nuts. The film was shot with the working title. Daddy's little girl. Written by Paul Schrader or something. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like hardcore. <laughs> oh my god, that's my daughter. <laughs> oh my god, it's Tony Hansel. <laughs> um, I tell you, I've not seen this. I, I, you I, can see good Danza. I, I like Danza. Danza yeah. from Taxi. Tony Danza famously plays Tony. He's great in Taxi, but, you know it's a role made for him i i've always been curious to see dance outside taxi more yeah. i know he had his own sitcom i think he had his own talk show yeah i think he does a lot more he he seems annoying i, I again it's me being an oh, andy kaufman and you didn't get along blah blah, yeah. blah. andy kaufman famously not annoying not annoying no totally <laughs> um he always had it yeah i don't know he just someone strikes me about him but I, I love him so much in taxi that it kind of balances out yeah yeah so it's like I'm glad he didn't win. I'm glad no, nobody well, should have won. Shatner won. Yeah, so, none yeah. of these people should have won. Like, yeah. right. So move us on. Worst actress: Ali Sheedy in *Heart of Dixie* as Maggie Deloach. Ah, as is tradition, I'm not going to know any of the worst actresses because he's just going to pluck them from random films. Yeah. *Heart of Dixie* sounds racist. <laughs> <laughs> we then have Polina Porzkova in her alibi as Nina. Have you seen her alibi? I have not seen it. Have you seen it? No, but it has Tom Selleck with his arms draped around a woman in a big jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) Then have Bridget Nielsen in Bye Bye Baby as Lisa. I have not seen Bye Bye Baby. Um, Okay. It's an Italian romantic comedy film. It is one of the few films to feature five pin billiards on screen in any detail. That's the legacy. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? Okay, um, we spoke about Bridget before. Yeah. Um, so I don't really need to say anything we haven't said about Bridget. Yeah. Um, See our Rambo year, isn't it? Rambo. I mean, talk about Rocky. I talk well, about, like, what was the year that talk her about, Rocky year was the Rambo year, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Because he's double. Yeah. yeah. So what did I, I thought already talk about Bridget. Um, so yeah, listen to Rambo <laughs> 2 First Blood Part year 1986, <laughs> whatever you want to hear us speak about Bridget Nielsen in more detail. Then have... Jane Fonda in Old Gringo Old as Gringo. Harriet Winslow. A romantic adventure film. I've not I've not seen this. Um, I kind of want to watch Old Gringo. If I had more time, I might watch Old Gringo because <laughs> it's got Gregory Peck. This must be around about Cape Fear kind of time. Yeah. And it has Bail Organa himself, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Yeah. 
It's a heck of a card. Yeah. <laughs> and then the winner, Heather Locklear in the return of Swamp oh, Thing return of Swamp as Thing. Abby Arcane. So you're the DC man. I'm I out of solidarity with Alan Moore, I have not seen the return <laughs> of Swamp Thing. I haven't seen it. That's that's just, is that a sequel? Yeah. Okay. It's like a big departure apparently, uh, okay. having a lighter tone than its predecessor. What do you think of Heather in general? I don't know her like I'll have seen her in something, yeah, yeah. but I don't know her. Okay. What do you know her from? Uh, do, 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 do. there's gonna be... let's have a look TJ Hooker with Shatner uh, <laughs> no I don't know her from Batman mm. what am I thinking of no it's not Wayne's World 2 cameo no maybe I'm confusing her with someone else maybe he's back in action <laughs> yeah I'm confusing her with someone else cut this <laughs> <laughs> then we're supporting actor we have Donald Sutherland in lockup as Warden Drumgool fuck right off i didn't i i didn't look at this in any detail to see that he was there but like that's an excellent performance mm-hmm. don sutherland makes a great mm-hmm. hard ass warden he's like a very like scary unsettling figure so yeah you can fuck off with that and then we have noriyuki mm-hmm. pat marita in yeah. the karate kid part three as mr miyagi there's a no from me. Um, I, I, he's I, doing the same performance. Yeah, but he's got like a little. Tw- I mean, no, that's what I mean. Is like he's he's good. He's great. He's, did he not a, win an Oscar for Mister Miyagi? First one. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's so like he's delivering a yeah. kind of a continuation yeah, yeah, yeah. of an Oscar winning performance. <laughs> like he's he he's can, fine. He can he's, play Mister Miyagi in his sleep. Yeah. He like can't, even even in four, the next Karate Kid, he's still the highlight of that. So yeah. 100%. Yeah. This is the kind of nonsense we would expect for an actress, Mr. Rust. You're not meant to treat men like this, just padding out the category with. Then DeForest Kelly, Star Trek V. Covered yep. that. Bones undeserving. Ben Gazzara in Roadhouse as Brad Wesley. So this is Inchin's Ben Gazzara yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Big Lebowski's Ben Gazzara. No, no, no one in Roadhouse. It's a big no. Yeah, it's no one. It's no, they, no, it's not. Like, it's the same with Star Trek. No one. No, go, go ahead. And then the winner, Christopher Atkins in Listen to Me as Bruce Arlington. So he is also from the Blue Lagoon. And is he in Pirates movie? Um, the pirate yeah, the pirate movie. movie. He's like a he's one of Mr. Razzie's nemeses. Okay. So I don't I don't know him, why and I haven't seen Listen to Me, so I can't I can't comment. He's not great in Pirates movie, but he's not bad enough okay. to to actually single out. Yeah, yeah. Worst Sporting Actress, Kurt Russell in Drag, in, drag, in Tango, Tango and Cash and as Gabriel Will? Cash. No. Um, <laughs> no, again, this is a bullshit. You're take, you're, this is a joke nomination. Yeah. And no, Kurt Russell... Kurt Russell... Um, I am a Stallone man. I'm a bigger Kurt Russell man. Yeah. Kurt Russell's my, my man. Yeah. And I'm not having any slander. Yeah. So, no. We then have Madonna in Bloodhounds of Broadway as Hortense Hathaway. What name? I What the fuck's Bloodhounds of Broadway? Sounds like it could be a Woody Allen movie. But, <laughs> American ensemble period comedy film based on four Damien Runyon stories, Bottoms of Broadway, A Very Honourable Guy, The Brain Goes Home, and Social Error. Stars Matt Dillon, Jennifer Grey, Anita Morris, Julie Haggerty, Rutger Hauer, Madonna, <laughs> Asai Morales, and Randy Quaid. And Rutger Hauer and Randy Quaid standing out like sore thumbs there is what I love. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> um, we've covered Madonna. We'll cover Madonna more. Yeah. Nope. You might hear about Bloodhounds of Broadway in more detail in the future. We then have Anne Bancroft in Burt Rigby, You're a Fool. <laughs> That's a great name. Meredith Pearlstein. <laughs> the fuck is that? It's a musical directed by Carl, Carl Reiner, Reiner. Starring Robert Lindsay. Can't be the one from... No, it is. He is, is he the UK? Mm-hmm. My Family one? Yeah, Dan yeah. Harper and My Family. I saw him at London Film Festival. Oh. <laughs> okay, there we go. Carl Reiner, yep. Yeah, no idea. 
Don't you know who Anne Bancroft is? Mrs. Robinson. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I just couldn't put a name. Okay. Yeah. I've only really seen her in that, I think. Okay. He says bringing her up and seeing which she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's been in Star much. Trek and I fucking <laughs> end the podcast. Um, then have Angeline as herself in Earth Girls Are Easy. Have you seen Earth Girls Are Easy? I have not. I've never heard of Angeline. Um, oh, okay. Well, I I thought you'd have seen Earth Girls Are Easy. That's one that I always get confused <laughs> with, like, Mark and Mindy and seen Mark and Mindy. I can talk about and, Mark like, and Mindy. Earth Girls Are Easy as, like, someone's in it. Robin Williams is in it. He's an alien. Or maybe <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's in it. He's an alien. And maybe um, Christopher Lloyd's in it. He's my favourite Martian. Yeah, because Jeff Bridges <laughs> and Star, what's it? Star Mom, isn't it? Star oh, Bridges. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, I can talk about that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so we're more or less a complete wash apart from Kurt Russell because we then have Brooke Shields in Speed Zone, the winner, a stewardess slash herself. Yep. So we've gone from I've seen everything. Stewardess herself. We need to watch this because this might be a Julia Roberts thing yeah. where Brooke Shields exists in the world of Speed Zone oh, and just no. happens to look exactly <laughs> like the stewardess. We need more research for one of my favourite <laughs> phenomena. I'm going to watch uh, Speed Zone. Put it on, put, put it on the list. <laughs> Then, worst director, Eddie Murphy for Harlem oh, Nights. Nice. Have Jeez, you seen that? I, that's, is that the prior one? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I have. A um, long time ago. I don't remember enough about it. Because what else is 89? 89's also like prior doing See No Evil. Yeah. See No Evil, which I love. Yeah. Um, I, can, I, I can't comment on it, but I don't remember hating it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, It's peculiar because it comes up again. Like, you wonder why this isn't nominated more heavily. Well, I've seen it, so I know the spoiler, but it should should be in worse picture if it's in for these two next categories, in my opinion. We then have Rowdy Harrington for Roadhouse. Nope. Nope. Jim Drake for Speed Zone. Haven't seen it. I'm going to say no, though. Watch this space. (laughs) John G. Avildsen for Karate Kid Part 3. I'm I'm saying no. It's, It's competent as fuck. And yeah, William Shatner for Star Trek Five. So no, 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 no. a clean sweep. <laughs> Even for Speed Zone, I'm still saying no. <laughs> then worst screenplay, Tango and Cash, written by Randy Feldman. No, oh, I mean it's not great. It's again, it's not perfect. Yeah, but no. Star Trek Five, I was discussed. So yeah, Roadhouse screenplay by David Lee Henry and Hilary Henkin, story by David Lee Henry. No. Karate Kid Part 3, written by Robert Mark Kamen, based on characters created by Robert Mark Kamen. So good it's still the original guy at this yeah, point yeah. in time. And then that leaves us with Harlem Nights, written by Eddie Murphy. Which I'm still saying no. Um, again, my memory's a bit foggy. But there's so much more from 89. Like, none of these. This is such a fucking poor year for Mr. Razi, because he is missing and missing and missing, like... Well, uh, speaking of missing, yeah, exactly, yeah. Worst original song. So nominations: Pet Cemetery from Pet Cemetery, written by D.D. Ramon D. D. and Ramon. Daniel Ray. So as soon as you played this for me, the first <laughs> note, I was like, oh, it's Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um, absolutely outrageous. I know this wasn't superly critically received because you know it's, it's a bit cheesier for the Ramones. Yeah. Um, but it is their comeback single. It's that. It's After that. like the eighties, you're not going to be. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you know, it's, it's it's their biggest thing. It rejuvenates them and lets them propel them forward for the next five or six years. Yeah, because they are on such a downturn that by yeah. this point, it's Didi Ramone's last great song that gets hit and carries them yeah. on before he leaves the band. It's so fucking catchy. Yeah. It is one of the catchiest fucking Ramon songs. I've been singing that all day. All day. Yeah. Like, as soon as you hear it, it's just stuck in the head. Uh, it's got a great music video. Yeah. They're all fucking about in a cemetery. Um, 
It's good. It's great. It's better than the film, is what I said. Well, obviously, we're both Ramones fans. I knew the song, and so when I saw it here, I'd never connected the two. I was like, oh, Stephen King wrote a book inspired by the Ramones. <laughs> oh, cool. But yeah, no, no place in hell being no. here. It's, it's one of the worst yeah. calls he's ever made. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's up there with Kubrick, with Marconi, yeah, with like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Scourge of the Fang. And, like, yeah. and then we have Let's Go from A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, written by Mohandas Duis, also known as Cool Modi. This sucks. Yeah. This sucks. I could, We couldn't finish this. It's five minutes of. I was walking down the street and I was da 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 da. It is the worst, kind of cheapest rap. There's a real cringy line about Jack the Ripper pulled down my zipper. Yeah, that's, but yeah, no, that's it's not dreadful. worth it. Um, it is dreadful. And then the winner is Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter from A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, A Dream Child, written by Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. So Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, great value for Razzie songs yep. because that's been like three films. Iggy Pop was nominated and then something else was... It's, it's picks, the it goblin yeah, kind yeah, of one. Picks yeah, up, yeah. It picks one up everywhere. Which is right. So, so it's, it's got two this year. It does have two. Yeah. And all right, so you haven't covered it. Bring Your Daughters to the Slaughter is absolutely not the worst original song. No. This is Bruce Dickinson's version. Iron Maiden re-record it. It becomes the first number one hit and only number one hit. Mm. As it is catchy. It's got a good riff. It's fun. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. It's very suitable. And absolutely, like, let's go the fucking rap song 100 percent. Yeah. there you go but the, like having this alan pet cemetery is so strange because they're just like it's so square but it also gets it's me just... pissed off because nightmare on elm street 5 has not popped up at all so it makes it to me it makes it like Raz, mr razzy's only listened to the soundtrack for the film yeah and that's the only thing he knows about the fucking thing but no it's not got the worst screenplay or worst supporting actors or actresses no 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 the only thing that sucks about it are these two songs that pisses me off. What music do you think Mr. Razzie likes? <sighs> Fucking show tunes or something. I don't know. Like, um... I think he's a classic rock guy. Oh, yeah, man. I think he's like the Eagles or like... Uh... Because, uh, like, I don't know. Not he's just Eagles, man. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just got these peculiar calls of, like, nominating the Ramones and Metallica yeah. and, like, Iggy Pop. Like, yeah. it's just... Uh, he just shows his ass every single he year he has he this does. category. But... The, that brings us to an end for another year. Yeah. But for the Stinker Bad Movie Awards, which were going in 1989. So we'll just run through them, see um, if they did a little better. I give the top award to Harlem Nights, which we've kind of discussed, you think yeah. is... Um, Not the worst. Uh, yeah. Their nominees, Best of the Best, Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives, The Gods Must Be Crazy 2, Wicked Stepmother. I've not heard of any of those. These films. all sound like Razzie films. That sounds like five <laughs> out of five where I would not like debate and go, you know, maybe maybe I'd be like, okay, uh, Harlem Nights isn't as bad as everyone makes out to be. Yeah. But they are actually what I want a Razzie films to be. Like these are the ones that just get swallowed up and just forgotten about in the yeah. trash. Hundred percent. Like the stinkers are right here this year. Could throw out the way with the mentions though. Dishonorable mentions. Cyborg, Earth Girls Are Easy, Eric the Viking, Fletch Lives, Her Alibi, The January Man, K9, The Karate Kid Part 3, Lock Up, Next of Kin, Old Gringo, Pink Cadillac, The Return of Swamp Thing, Roads, High Street Awakening, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, He's Out of Control, Slaves of New York, Speed Zone, Star Trek 5, Final Frontier, Tango and Cash, UHF, Uncle Buck, Weekend at Bernays, Wired, Young Einstein. Okay, um, so there's some there's some ones there on like Get to Fuck, like you know Star Trek, uh, Uncle yeah. Buck, Roadhouse. There's 
there's a few of them. Like even Fletch Lives, I enjoy. It's not Fletch, but it's still fun for me. <laughs> UH, UHF is, you know, it's all Yankovic, isn't it? Oh, yeah, shit, uh, yeah. That's good fun. Uh, Weekend at Bernays. But yeah. there is stuff like, these are in the Dishonorable Mentions. Yeah. There is stuff still like K9, which I brought up. Wired, 100% should be here. Yeah. Wired is an abomination and an insult to my Bolly Belushi. Yeah. There's way more, you know, the Return to Swamp thing. Earth Girls are easy. These ones that were popped up a little bit. It's so much like there are so many films here you could have picked. We could have been watching. Yeah. And we should have been watching. Like Star Trek, Roadhouse, Cry Kid even. Like nowhere, <sighs> nowhere should be nowhere near this fucking like winners and stuff like that. You, t- you can't tell me that Star Trek Five's worse than Cyborg or Eric the Viking. <laughs> or, you know, like I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing more to say. It's just this is one of his more baffling. I know we say this it's, every it's, week. This but... is his most baffling year. I, yeah. I've never seen miss after miss after miss after miss. Because like ordinarily we speak about like how he's kind of doing things for the clicks, but this is too early to be doing it for the clicks. And also like with this being like such a big franchise, like it's weird to just go out of the blue for this film yeah i mean I'm and we not... looked in the book like we thought is he going to show his working somewhere because yeah, yeah. he sometimes explains a little bit more but like i don't know if it strikes me as just like the vanity of william shatner like yeah. how dare this man in a girdle direct a film yeah. I, that's the only thing yeah. i can think of is maybe shatner himself it's, being it's a big shatner is getting the target and again it is not you know i know it wasn't critically i think it's time's been kinder yeah but even still in 1999 even if it was a disappointment you're still not going to give it i'm going to say it's similar in a different way to the prequels yeah whereas at the time you know something's off you know this isn't as good as the original three it's better (laughs) but you're not going to go out and make a fucking worse picture when there's other films of much like battlefield earth or something yeah never gonna yeah try and just hit a target yeah very bizarre but anyway, anyway, thank you for listening. Thank um, you for sticking with my ramblings <laughs> about Star Trek. Uh, please watch more Star Trek. Yeah, you can join us next time when we will be... You, you can join us next time when we'll be covering infinitely more normal territory with 2019's Cats. This is, the only thing I need to say is that all this enthusiasm I've had for this episode is way to get fucking flung out, <laughs> put in a bag and thrown in the river. <laughs> <laughs> And in the meantime, if you want to email us, we are watching worstfilms at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, we are watching worst. That's where you can get in touch with us. If you want to send us anything, speak about the podcast, speak about the Razzies, speak about cats, that is where we can be reached. And so until next time, live long and may the force be with you. Peace out, everyone. Thank you.